0: Bet with the biggest, win with the best, only at my bookie. Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Somebody to love. Alexa, play hits
1: from
2: Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Don't try to run, don't try to hide.
1: What's up, fool podcast with Rodrigo Torres? Yeah, man. And oh, Felipe Esparza. I stubbed my toe, bro. They were hammering right next to right the next door, bro. They're <laughs> building a the wall already. I
2: just pulled off. On you, the you
1: know what's funny, man? Mexico already has a wall to keep watermelons out. Oh yeah, dude. They, have they still a... get in, bro. Because it's like a river. Oh yeah. Nobody paying
3: attention. Oh, dude. They have to be even sneakier than Mexicans. Sneakier, bro. They got to
1: change the accent. You can't sound like Elvis. Solamente toda la noche por favor. <laughs>
2: I, I, I got to interview Vicente Fox, and I asked him that question. I go, in southern Mexico, is there some guy right now going, it's fucking Guatemalans? I got to get, like, Guatemalans are coming in, taking Mexican jobs, and I'm fucking not going to stand for it anymore. Like, is that a case? And he's like, no, we love everybody. But the fact of the matter is, there is a wall. There is a huge wall. Yeah.
3: The, in Mexico, the border patrol is called La Migra.
1: That's weird, huh?
3: Yeah, it's a trip. They have their own little holding stations in every state.
1: But they kick their ass first, right? Oh,
3: they beat the fuck out of them, dude.
1: <laughs> and they take their money. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, sure. Shit, you know, I, I saw that movie, you know, with, with those Salvadorians and people from Gu- 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 Guatemala. they're coming on that train. train on right, the top Dude, of the train. these fucking fools be throwing hooks trying to catch those fools. Yeah, dude. It's like fishing. See nombre. Se nombre.
3: That's the name of that movie, dude. It's a brutal-ass movie.
1: Yeah, man. We should self-deport, bro. <laughs> I didn't like it out here. I'm going back. (laughs) My cousin, he self-deported himself. He came out here and lived for like five years. You know, did his taxes. And then he set up enough money, bought this Caprice with four doors, took it to Mexico. He has a cab business now.
3: Are you serious? Said fuck it. all?
1: He didn't want to be here, bro.
3: (laughs) There's some people that just don't glue here, huh?
1: You know, this fool is phony, dog. (laughs) You know, before, like, three people take Instagram photos to look like they're famous or they're more...
3: Yeah. They're absolutely. doing stuff,
1: yes. <laughs> this fool, like, he'll steal a Trans Am, and he'll hold his house keys, and then hold it next to a Trans Am, <laughs> and then send a photo back to Sinaloa. It <laughs> that was balling. See? Yeah. That's why all these Latinos are coming over here, because there's people lying about how good it is.
3: Well, back I heard a story back in the 70s, somebody would go over there with a new truck, and it's, oh, he's all rich, and then somebody would leave. Man, that motherfucker's making payments on it. it ain't his, ain't.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, man, like, when my dad came out here, he came here illegally like a bunch of times. He in and out. He would go home. He left us in Mexico when he came the first time he came here. Okay. And so I don't even know, like, time, the distance, you know, would he gone for two years or one year? I just know that I was growing up in Mexico for a while. And then he showed up. Then he, he took us all the way to Tijuana, Mexico. Then from there he left again for a year. It was probably like a year. Then we went with my mom to cross the border. But before, like, the border was— kind of lenient, you know? When it's easier. We made it all the way to San Clemente. Sure. And right there, they had an extra border patrol checkpoint. Kind of like minute men.
3: Yeah, they have one in uh, San Clemente in F- Fallbrook. Yeah, but it's really
1: like, uh, border po- border not really like a border checkpoint. Not, not yeah. official. Yeah, not they official. Wave you, they waved yeah. you through. But they had a the cabin, way. you know, like to keep you there. Yeah. We got caught there twice.
3: Damn.
1: And my How old were you at this point? I don't know, man. Three, four, five wow. years old. Zero. It was three of them with my mom, man. You, you're never going to make it, man. One mom, three kids. You know, and you didn't. If you're walking from Ethiopia to Europe, maybe it's easier, <laughs> man. But nah, man, we couldn't do it. So then, how did you finally make it out? Oh man, we I talk about my new special. <laughs> <laughs> my new special is coming out in September. It's called Translate This. We shot it ourselves in San Jose. And we were trying to shoot it around, bro, because we know it's ours. We own right. it. We sold it to HBO. What? Fuck yeah, dude! Congratulations. they're going to premiere in that's September.
2: Um, I got to tell you, and full disclosure, I've been aware of this thing the whole time because I talked to Claude Shires. Oh
1: yeah, he directed that shit. He at directed. It. it was his crew.
2: Um, <laughs> I gotta say, I saw a picture. It looks beautiful. It looks the the backdrop, just the whole thing is to shoot, shoot it yourself. I got when I first came to L.A. I got two bits of advice. Because I was on a sitcom with Cheech, who played my dad. The Ortegas, right? The Ortegas never came out. But he sat me, first day in Hollywood, he goes, I want to tell you two things. that You always remember for the rest of your life. I go, he goes, be nice to everybody. Because everyone's going to want to tell their Cheech is an asshole story. And then he goes, <laughs> and then, he goes, you own everything you can. Everything you can own, he goes, you want mailbox money. He goes, I own every single movie. I own all my albums. And he goes, every day I go to the mailbox and there's money for me and that's what you want. And you're doing the smartest thing ever, and that's exactly what we're trying to do here at ATC: is own all your shit, and it's fucking brilliant. And I couldn't be happier. This is fantastic. And to HBO for every comedian, HBO is the, the dream. Here's HBO up here, and I think Netflix is below that because when we grew up as you, people who love comedy. HBO Young comedians for HBO everything all the best comics were on HBO everybody that's where the name Special came through even so, my
1: special was, was, which was not shot by HBO it was shot on Showtime now on Netflix mm-hmm. people still say I saw your HBO special
3: because <laughs> <laughs> that's what everybody came out for the first time an HBO comedy specials. there was nobody calling them a, a special before that yeah. right
1: yes there's only five this year Gerard Carmichael I don't know who else TJ Miller TJ Miller Mine and someone else's.
2: That's humongous.
1: But they didn't just buy it, like, right away. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to buy this, you know. Like, we'll, we'll take it. We'll buy it. No, at first they said, that lady said, I don't know if I should say that, but she said that, oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait. Wait
3: till it comes
1: out. Anyways, only on HBO. She said, they wouldn't put me only on HBO Latino. That's And, right. no. and, and Chris Miss from ICF said no before we even had a chance to say no. Because we're going to say no anyways. Awesome. Because HBO Latino is for Spanish-speaking Latinos, you know?
2: Spanish-speaking Latinos are going to hate my comedy. HBO Latino is the worst. All it does is show what they're showing on HBO 1 just in Spanish. (laughs) For the most part. Like, it's just
1: dubbed over. Subtitles. So, no original Spanish programming. Barely
2: any. They buy all their shit. They just, like, so they'll acquire stuff. But, again, it's just not, I mean, you didn't want that. So, it's good that they said no.
1: So, we said no. And then... um, um, Lisa, the manager,
3: <laughs> The manager.
1: we went, we went to search for, uh, my, my, um, demographics, you know, of, of, Latinos who, who are, who watch my podcast, who listen to my podcast, who who are on YouTube, who voted for my last comment standing. Pretty much, I are had you- to jump hurdles, bro, to show statistics. Put it this way, man. I, ch- I pretty much going to change the way they, they, um, they, they, um, they advertise for Latinos on HBO.
3: Where well, they look at things Because like I
1: editing. showed them stuff That they didn't know about Or they didn't bother To research first
3: Well the thing that's Happened on the streets And yeah. what really happened On the reality so, Not just numbers Yeah,
1: We have the American Latino You know like We want to be we're, We want to be um, American you know We don't but, watch Spanish stuff That's my mom man You do
3: Spanish Think Spanish first And then American. I watch Spanish
1: stuff At my mom's house Because I want to borrow money <laughs>
2: When I I there at their house. That's why the podcast and everybody listening to What's Up Pool is so important because, like, you're able to find out there's a huge amount of people listening in Philadelphia. There's a huge amount of people, and then you can base your touring off that, and so that's where Felipe can know where to go and how to, like, uh, do live shows. But then using it to sell it to HBO is fucking humongous because that's what they need. They only can look at the stats, and you have to say, yeah, these aren't just – Mexican-Americans are everywhere, and this appeals to, you know, a wide variety of people. If you just look at Latinos in the United States, it's fucking—it's the Southwest, and then there's just like that—it gets really dark in Miami, and like in Texas, and it's all literally on the same. So there's just huge pockets in Chicago, there's huge pockets in New York, and so— yeah, it's great to. Uh, it goes that, that they can see it goes everywhere. It's yeah, awesome.
3: Not all Latinos in America speak Spanish.
2: Not everybody likes Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> and Daddy Yankee. Daddy Yankee. And Gasolina.
1: <laughs> but we like El General.
2: <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. He's bad, dog.
1: I know my name.
3: <laughs> I know my name.
1: Anyway, bro. What's up? This, wait, well, so yeah, HBO, man, they said yes.
3: Fuck yeah, dog. Your hard work <laughs> paid yeah, off, yeah, dog. Yeah, you were thinking,
1: think, about oh, yeah, so. So we finally got in, you know, um, I I talk about it in my special, and I talk about it the first time I ever said it was on The Champs with Neil Brennan. Mm -hmm. You know, um, another podcast on all things comedy. Um, We had to dress up my little brother like a little girl to cross the border. We We borrowed our green cards from my cousins that were living in San Isidro, the hub (laughs) <laughs> you know They were like They were two They lived four blocks Away from the um, USA border Mexican border By a McDonald's So it was perfect So they they bought, My dad went over there Got the passports sent, Somehow brought them Back to Tijuana My mom saw them It was two boys And a girl So my youngest brother We dressed that fool up Like a little girl His <laughs> name <they> was Patti. <laughs>
3: You gotta do what you gotta do, dog. And he's
1: gay now, but you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did, I don't did that do it? Nah, dude. My mom titled her identity theft at a young at a young <laughs> age, bro. <laughs> so my
0: borrowing. brother
1: crossed the border, and I, I don't remember the rest is fuzzy. But I know that we were in a house. I get to I don't know why we were at a house in Carson
3: when you guys got to LA for like originally? two
1: days, and then my dad met up with us, and we moved to um. LA, yeah, East LA. So
3: they, somebody did them a favor? Yeah. Yeah, because it's not like a Coyote brought you guys or none of no, that. No, somebody shit. drove us. Yeah, because a lot of people do it that way. I had, you know. But we had to pay, time. though. Yeah.
1: The whole trip, someone has to pay because somebody crossed with us and we stood in As the house for two, for two days. Huh. So that money came in I guess yeah, yeah. You you would big. Have killed us or probably i don't know <laughs>
2: just, just holding somebody was just explaining to me how the Chinese do it and now oh, there's so man. many Chinese so the Chinese all come in and they work for other businesses so they get sponsored it's and you're almost like servitude. an indentured servant yeah exactly so they all go it's like you're gonna work for my business then you're going to start your own business because we're going to fund your business but we own part like it's a whole racket it's like a pyramid scheme for Chinese people to bring them into this country but it is indentured servitude yeah, so a lot of like, so. Yep. Yeah,
3: a lot of those people that own factories and Chinese restaurants, they all go to Alhambra and shit. There's a bunch of uh apartments there that are roach infested, rat infested, and they all live there they don't speak a word of English and nothing like that.
1: You exterminate those houses, yeah, right? Yeah, dude, one you, you went to the those apartments in like San Gabriel. How many Chinese people live in a little house,
3: dude? About uh, <clears throat> 12 to two rooms inside, and they've been living there probably about already 12 years. Bunk bed situation, they totally fucking I bet I'm. Um,
1: they have one f- house phone, huh? Oh, yeah. That's it, dude. And Other own- money goes for house phones and sending money back to China.
3: Back to China and to pay their little vig of the guys that put the money forth and all that shit. And work fucked up hours and all that shit.
2: You so were that- going out with Armando, Armando's? Yeah, yeah.
3: One? I got to go after this. I got to go get some rats in the Hollywood Hills. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's crazy. These Man. guys, uh, by the way, um, Alfred Lo- Robles and Rodrigo, were, I met these guys in... Uh, 2003. Yeah, probably,
0: that's when came out.
3: The Latino Laugh Festival, the show. Lojers.
2: the only guys that are nice to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, hey, guys. <laughs> hey. hey, guys. How are you? Uh, nice to see you. <laughs> I couldn't fucking hear Who the fuck is this guy?
1: Yeah, dude. So, what's up, fool? This weekend, I'll be oh, a January 27th through the 29th Atlanta punchline in Atlanta, one week before the Super Bowl. February 4th. What did I say? February 16th through the 19th. 16th through the 19th. Pleasanton, California at Tommy T's. February 23rd or 26th. San Antonio, Texas. The Improv now at River Center. Hopefully they'll change the condo or something.
2: (laughs) I got a story about that. Oh, man.
1: Also in February, I'll be at the Festival of Laughs with Mike Epps, some more, Bruce Bruce, Ricky Smiley, Tony Rock, and many more. February, we'll be in Orlando, Cincinnati, Raleigh, North Carolina, and Dallas, Texas. Check it out at slash tour. Also, shout out to Ank3R on Instagram. That fool sent us some bunny toys for the, a rabbit because it was sick.
3: It's some binkies. Oh, hell yeah, dude. That Give me the
1: shout outs, bro. Okay. One um, of them in Jenna yeah.
3: style. All right, you got uh, shout out to you. set sent the rabbit toys to say get well soon. The uh, slippers. Uh, you got Dan V. Perez from Brialto uh, showing us some love on iTunes <laughs> and all the other iTunes uh, reviewers. Uh, Chia six two six. Go to that with a Joey boy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, cocksucker. Docs twenty four. Ramirez, E man, where you at? <laughs> set the weed man loose. Uh, we got Quicksilver J S ten. We got Balls Buena sixty five. Ramirez, man I think I said that before. It's a fucking Alzheimer's. Uh, we got Quicksilver, <laughs> JS10. Ah. And we got Peter, double R, double T, 42. Rob, under slash, uh, zero 04005. Zero zero you might as well be the 007 guy. You got Ant, H-G-O, Antgo, whatever. You got uh, Jonathan De DeLeon. You got OSKS12, 12, O-S-K-S, 12, and uh, a more, 10. Thank you very much uh, for posting the review. Keep doing that. You guys keep shining. And, uh, yeah, keep it Gucci.
1: Well, yeah! Shout out to the guy named Felipe, my tocayo, who showed <laughs> up to the show with his lady, bro.
3: Yeah, dog.
1: Man, people drove far. <clears throat> Fucking motherfuckers. They want to tell you how far they drove <laughs> and what they had to deal with the whole night before they took that photo.
2: Uh, Riot L.A. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So true. people came from all over Southern California. Oh, oh, man. Dude.
1: This lady drove from Palmdale. <laughs> Pack a Palm- lunch, No, no, no. This lady drove from West Co- This couple they drove from West Covina uh-huh. to Palmdale to drop off their kids at their grandma's house. <laughs> and then went to the show Jeez. in LA and got a room in downtown LA and they were telling me about parking, how expensive it was uh-huh. and all that.
3: Oh hell God yeah. damn!
1: first of all, man, shit, that ride to Palmdale would have made me not want to go to a show.
3: <laughs> dude, it's like if you've never been to LA Live in that area, dude, it can get confusing, dude. <laughs> no, we got lost coming over here. We ended up at the Staples Center first.
1: <laughs> that's a lot. There's some other people drove from San Diego. Hell yeah, wow. dude, a lot of people from oh, uh, San Diego. But you Diego go down country.
2: there on a regular basis also. Just, yeah. Just,
3: yeah so but they still great. want to come out, dog. They still that's want to great.
1: come out. Just to LA. Uh, Arizona. Arizona yeah. Jessica, she drove from Arizona. Arizona,
3: dude. Yeah, dude. She
1: kept emailing me. I think my show's going to get there before I leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't the post office. <laughs> I see your shirts of Yuma right now. <laughs> meet them halfway.
3: At <laughs> the postal center. Right
1: a lot of people, you know, were like, they got their tickets and they thought they were like, wow, there was a VIP, you know, we sold some VIP for the meet and greet. greet, which is a little, a, you just personal meet and greet, you know, you get to tell me what, how your day was.
3: Right.
1: And, um. Do you like doing that? I don't mind.
3: Yeah, you don't care. You just
1: do it anyway. Man. I don't mind. Oh man, but I, I I met you know backstage. I met with a guy with AEG who's touring with Amanda sings, Miranda. Miranda sings. The girl with the big old lipsticks. She had a yeah, show yeah, on yeah. Netflix. Uh-huh. Yeah. She said that her first show, there was five thousand people there. It was sold out, Damn. and she did a meeting greet because normally she does meeting greets at the improv with two hundred people, right? Mm-hmm. So she did a meeting greet. She said that shit lasted five hours.
3: Damn, she's never doing that
1: again. <laughs> Why would she blow up five hours, bro?
3: Yeah, it's kind of impossible after that, dude. I mean, it's like, shoot, you'd be there all night.
2: After that, man, you just have a lookalike there standing there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they won't know the difference. It's all 12-year-old and 14-year-old girls for that mm-hmm. uh, Miranda sing. Somebody was just telling me, I, whenever I go to a comedy club, I always ask the worst story. I go, who do you have that's been, uh, I love hearing it. Who's a pain in the ass? Who's, in, uh, who's difficult? All that. I love oh, hearing all that shit. And I was at Stand Up Live in uh, Phoenix downtown. And the guy goes, he goes, you know, we had this social media influencer. <laughs> and I go, what, what happened? He goes, during the day, and it's all 12-year-old, 13-year-old girls and their moms. And then I'm standing back there, and the guy's got a laundry basket filled with dildos. And I go, hey. what one for you, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I go, um, there's a lot of kids out there. You guys know that, right? He goes, you mind me asking what you're going to do with the dildos? And he goes, don't worry about it. They're going to love it. We do this all over. Because these guys have no acts. They just go out and it's a cash grab. They're just taking all this money. Yeah, they got to kill that 45 minutes. Got to kill 45 minutes. <laughs> and so fucking, he goes it's a big personality, thing, this guy. And I have a 10-year-old daughter. And you guys have a, uh, you have a son. Yeah. But yeah, you a little kid in the audience. This guy walks out. His first bit, he walks out with a basket of dildos. Trips, pretend it's trips, and throws the dildos and they're hitting black dildos They're hitting twelve year old girls in the face. <laughs>
3: That's kinda funny. Dog. All over the-
2: <laughs> <laughs> dildos are everywhere. And he's thinking, Oh my god, and he goes, You know what? They fucking loved him. He goes not one person complained. Like huh. if he, I my daughter even sees half a dildo, it is gonna be hell to pay. They got fucking I'm gonna kill somebody. But <laughs> This guy, he's just, little girls are taking dildos in the
0: face. He's
2: terrible.
3: What happens if someone complains? Eat a dick. Yeah, you know what to do. <laughs> Who is this guy? I don't know. <laughs> i book that fool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> book that food for a Christmas party, dog. Yeah. What happened? I got a dick Eat on my eggnog. Eh? <laughs>
2: <laughs> just lands and drinks. What's <laughs> like
1: fool? Like a <laughs> piece of a celery. How do you follow that? Eh? I don't know,
2: dog. What happened? Yeah, okay. that's his opener. Stip Where do you go from there? you know. Okay. That's well. hilarious <laughs> huh. He's shattering the mold <laughs> oh But that's the thing with these Miranda Sings And these shows They're going to comedy clubs first But there's such a huge audience For these people to go out it's like And then I see comedians That are really funny That just can't fucking uh, you know, You're doing play. a dildo joke bro <laughs> <laughs> You can't do a dildo joke no more
1: bro. I bet it was sold out too huh
2: Lying around the block, damn. Bro. During the day, so merch too, huh? Killing merch, merch all over the place. Probably signs the dildos. Killing he it, did bro. the show like around
1: noon, probably. Yeah, huh? that's what. Uh, man, man, noon is too early between dildos, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: sorry, man. Oh, yeah, what the perfect right? time for that? Okay. Man. Not a matinee okay. show. Yeah. yeah. Look at dusk.
1: <laughs> you know what's sad? was the parents who paid for
2: that. I know. Yeah, huh? has to paid be that. A They paid money to get their daughter hit in the face by a dick.
3: What happened to your eye, Amanda?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well. Did your mother hit you? No, actually, she paid for a ticket. Uh, the uh, opposite. She was very nice. Yeah. Hey. It was Gallagher's son, um, bro. Gallagher. <laughs>
1: Wow, man! I was think my if I had a daughter that wanted to see that shit, I said you're crazy, right? Yeah, I could show your moms.
2: <laughs> that shit vibrates. Just open the nightstand, save you the trouble. Hallelujah! <laughs>
3: you Hey, watch it! That was gonna hit you in the face. <laughs> wow! But these dude. guys
1: do it, man. Yeah, like I, and they're like uh, Instagram stars. Do it. I don't know how they do it, man, but they get those little teeny boppers to believe in them. That's all. You this- inspire me. I know what's it like out there. You know the struggle. You know I'm a 13 year old too, but this <laughs> girl's 22. Yeah, exactly. 24, 25. Should <laughs> never have a body like that. <laughs>
3: Damn, that sucks.
1: Damn, bro. Dildos. I gotta find out who this guy is.
3: <laughs> a yeah, I'll basket it full out. of them. <laughs> wow, man. We,
1: him and I, we talk about another guy that shows up. I don't know if he has a basket full of dildos. He has. He he sold out the Hard Rock. You know, and, like, 11 o'clock in the morning, all these little girls sold, like, $7,000 in merch.
3: Yeah. Charged man. $50 to
1: get in. At 11, o'clock on the- 11 o'clock on a Sunday. Twains. His name is Twains. Yeah, dude. He had 1.5 million followers, and he only did a 25-minute set. It was him on a little um, unicorn made out of a broom. One of the broom horses, and he's dressed like a unicorn. And he goes, ah, ah And
2: everybody does ah, ah yeah, they And go. Little, another girl screamed. <laughs> And they just start throwing oh, the cash, shit. man. Hell yeah, dude. And then he sells unicorn shit afterwards, and people lose their minds, and they open up their wallets. And some $50 a ticket. Also, if you're going to one of these comedy clubs during the day, you get 100% of that door, too, because yeah. they're not
1: even open. that's not even food.
3: It's like killing
1: it. Bro. Imagine, dude, if Gary Gillespie would go out there and throw
2: out dildos.
3: Damn! <laughs>
1: They'll probably still like it, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally well, he going, probably put probably a Hawaiian
2: shirt on. and jean shorts on the dildos. Some whipped so, like, cream? Dressed up. It? Hell yeah, man. Hawaiian shirt
1: with a little, bear, little tiny white tennis shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and that full vibrate. He
0: goes, whee <laughs> <laughs> When you use
2: the dildo, yeah. <laughs> when
0: you use it.
2: You... That'd damn. be a good one. Yeah, you want to get fucked by Gabriel Iglesias? <laughs> <laughs> You pull a string
1: and the dude goes, I used to open for him. <laughs> I used to open for him. Man, dude. What's the wackiest, the, the saddest thing you ever see anybody sell, whether the comedian or a performer? Like you say, like wow, Daddy put all tops, keychains, keychains, nah,
3: keychains,
1: ah. Get the best. And you know, Johnson sells a nail file, but that's not that bad. Yeah, there was this guy. You
2: remember who this did, dude was? When I get again, when I first got down here, he had a gig in Ohio at the Deer Lodge. Then he had a couple army bases nearby. Patrick DeGuer. No, not Mike Patrick Marino, Finger. not Mike Marino. Ruben Neil, Quintana. Neil,
1: Neil Young. I know Neil, Neil, um, bald head guy from. I think so. No, he does a Laughlin' Comedy Festival. Oh, Barry Neal? Barry Neal. Barry Neal. Barry Neal, yeah. Barry
2: Neal. That guy was just selling. He had the biggest rah-rah act, pandering, and about, like, America, go American. He would sell American flag sweatshirts or something. He didn't make them. That's all he did. He just went and bought a bunch of Amer- Oh, this is the best. This is the most desperate, horrible thing I've ever seen. Me and Jordy, you know, Jordy Fox from yeah. uh, Jordy Elner. And we go to the La Jolla Comedy Store, and uh, Shay Matash had gone to Korea and bought a bunch of clothes and all lined the green room and was selling it to the staff. She was selling Korean clothes to the staff. Swag. (laughs) (laughs) There's another comedian
3: that was doing that. She
2: busted out the alley.
3: (laughs) Remember, Noe came back from Korea. Yeah, bro, I got some jerseys for
2: sale, bro. (laughs) Yeah, uh, wild coyotes, remember? So no like,
3: he what went
2: what and bought God. a bunch of like who like and Ten, for what you're gonna make 10 bucks, 15 bucks a jersey, marking up jerseys. It's what like- you selling jeans, bro? <laughs> I
0: wasn't selling jeans. <laughs> Grace is
1: selling jeans, not me. I oh, bought them. I bought them now. Yeah, I bought a pair. This I was comic like, we had in a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't even <laughs> mention <laughs> that. She was selling <laughs> jeans, <laughs> and then Alfred <Alpha laughs> Robles owed her money
2: <laughs> for the jeans you got yeah, on. Layla, she <laughs>
3: works at like a a, a place called J Brown, and they had you know, $300 jeans. Those but are good every, jeans. Uh, every uh, every uh, Christmas, she'll get like a pair, she gets 10. She's like, hey guys, so, you know, just trying to get little spots or whatever be cool. I got some jeans for selling at like fifty and I was like, fuck it, dude, get me two. I'll fucking paid her cash right away. And there was a couple of people that in the end fucking fucked that This motherfucker didn't fit me, dude. I ain't paying her the rest of the money. Cheap assholes. But whatever, man, you know. <laughs> then the fucking story goes and goes. But yeah, I wasn't selling jeans. I bought a couple, you know what I'm saying? I was supporting the cause. <laughs> she had to buy gifts for her daughter.
2: What you about know? you? What have you seen people selling? It's uh
1: Man, I see well fucking um Big Dunlap, which you saw those eyeballs, dude.
3: <laughs> oh, that's right, dog. Big Dunlap
1: used to have those Look like He <laughs> said he he said uh, I met somebody, he made a million dollars selling those eyeballs. Jeez,
2: yeah, fucking.
1: Then I you're just a bullshit.
2: guy carrying around. But through a his bag whole career, yeah.
1: <laughs> They're light, buddy. <laughs> he have those eyeballs and sell them for dollar two dollars each. And he sold like I don't know how many sell at night, but he sold a bunch of them, dude. Isn't it
2: amazing how entrepreneurial though the comics are? Like they know they can sell. Like because wasn't it Jeff Garcia and Carlos who started burning the, the live shows, show after it, and then they'd go return the equipment. Yeah,
3: I heard about that one too.
2: Yeah, so they'd go to Best Buy, buy the shit to burn, use it for a show, and just take it right back. And then just make all the money. I
3: thought the refried version of ghetto, huh? <laughs>
2: God damn! But you know, and then they're selling them on uh hard drives. And now you is buy what that I heard. show, you know, and then yeah. if he does, you know, crowd work or something like that specific to that show. It's it's interesting how people because t-shirts comics have always sold t-shirts. Great.
1: Owen Great. Smith did a whole special with iPhone he took back too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Owen Smith. He went to like sixteen iPhones yeah. or, or nine. He, he bought, bought and then he returned them all. He, he recorded all, on, and everybody like this at the West Side Theater. Oh, yeah, all, he returned them all. That's cool. You
2: know? I just worked with him on Saturday night.
1: <laughs> yeah. Same principle, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> what you sell, bro? Me? Pendleton's, huh? <laughs> Have a flea market out there. Gel. By you guys. Some people bring out too much shit, man, for a 10-minute spot.
3: Oh, my God. You shouldn't even sell merchandise if you're doing 10 I
1: minutes? I don't like when comics ask me, can I sell merch? Well, they're holding a box full of it, eh?
2: <laughs> they put you on the spot, huh, full Yeah. Me? I don't, I never could bring this shit around with me. I'm the, like, you know, I'm the, the laziest. I just don't want, I can't. I brought CDs. I would bring CDs when people were still buying CDs, and then I would sign those. And I brought posters once, and then people would sign, and we'd get made a bunch of posters. And then I could never figure out what to put on a T-shirt. Your T-shirt I still wear. It's a good one. And then, um other than that, I just couldn't figure it out. And then I didn't want to, like, I was never could get my shit together to send it out in advance or anything, so I just didn't do it. Man, I used to burn
1: CDs over and over. <laughs> and then, like, sometimes I'll go on the road, and they're all cracked. Yeah, if it's a hard case. Yeah, it's it it's like a hard crack. case, it was all cracked, dude. <laughs> and then, like, well, finally, I just said, fuck it, eh? Yeah. I'm just, no label, fucked up CD, $10. <laughs> TDX. <laughs> TD, this show is sponsored by... Memrix <laughs> This CD has been known not to work on some CD players. What's <laughs> well, so fool, We got Al
2: Magic on the show. Hell yes! Yeah, now, Francisco's how do you end up doing all these uh, black shows? Because uh, you read that whole lineup of the show you're gonna be on, and you're the only non-black person on that show.
1: Oh man! Because we have the same agent, I think. Oh, that's that's the way it works. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm open. I'm doing um, a bunch of sp- uh, normally uh, no, the spots that I go with them. Was possible that I'll be there for the whole week for the same amount of money. <laughs> you know, so now I'm going for there one night and just going home. That's the best way to do it. That's all I want to do. Yeah, and I'm building myself in those markets because I hardly ever go to Raleigh. Yeah. You know, I'm not big in Raleigh, Detroit. Detroit, you know, Memphis.
2: That makes a lot of sense.
1: Birmingham. Remember Birmingham?
2: Oh, yeah. That's they got all
1: mad yelling, out, Trump, Trump, Trump. In your show? Yeah. yeah. And then oh, I God. got all quiet and nobody backed him up. Eh? He was uh, like "No, but He was, he a was waiting for wolf. somebody to, to like,
3: cheer him up. There on. was a bunch of black people that weren't having it. All, all right, whenever you're done, white man. <laughs> <laughs> so we just took quiet
1: and he left.
2: Yeah. I had that happen in San Diego. They sat there. People in the VIP seats tend to be, it's a front row and it's all assholes. And a guy <laughs> went on this uh, Trump rant. Like, fuck, just went nuts. And uh, the whole crowd, uh, you know, stood up and cheered as he got fucking escorted out. And when uh, like he was he, he was by himself, crazy, huh? Like he needs extra cheerleaders now. You know what I mean? Isn't he
3: enough? <laughs> Damn, what's up with these? He's people, got man?
2: cheerleaders. That's what he's doing uh. with those press conferences. He's actually employing people to, that are rah rah people to go in and laugh and applaud at all of his shit. Like he did that at the CIA meeting. He did that at all his press conferences now have paid for like extras that are there just to uh, laugh at all his jokes and applaud. Wow,
1: man. The first president, has, they had a bringer show.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to follow on Twitter.
1: I'm headlining, bro. Bring 20 people.
2: <laughs> Did you ever do a bunch oh, of those when yeah. you were... Because uh, I've listened to the podcast a bunch. And um, like I said, we got this podcast network that me and Bill Burr started. But there's so many podcasts... Um, this is actually one of the only shows that I listen to. So I know a lot, uh, but in terms of, like, bringer shows and you starting out, did you do a lot of, like, who do you bring? I I, I
1: didn't do hardly no bringer shows, but I did open mic where it was just comics and it was sad.
3: Oh, yeah, those are horrible. Those are the the
1: worst. Especially, like, I would do open mics where... Brian Holzman would be the one, one of the open micers.
2: <laughs> just screaming at people. And then he
1: he, he just go up there and, it's like, he used the five minutes instead of, like, trying to work out jokes. he did it to talk shit about the owner for five minutes. Fuck you, Brenda, you fucking whore-ass bitch!
2: <laughs> just Making screaming. us buy a
1: fucking hamburger to go up and say, fuck you, whore! If you haven't seen... You try
2: dough pussy! <laughs> Brian Holzman is a comic <laughs> that if you go to the comedy store on Saturday night, he closes out the show... And there's maybe 20 people there and a bunch of comics in the back. And he just fucking screams. He hates movies. He talks about what movies are coming out. And he goes, Finding Dory. Fuck Dory. Fuck Dory. <laughs> and just fucking screams. Going off. <laughs> yeah. He goes, "Open and on, and I'm fucking just hunched over. We got a couple drinks in us. We're just laughing our asses off. But to see him at an open mic would be the funniest fucking thing. Because he did... Do you remember at Freddie Soto's memorial when he got up?
3: Yeah, I remember that. So you were there, right? Yeah, you you, you were on the road. Yeah. Oh, Rick Ramos shit. read your little statement. He's all, and then that guy came up that was a virgin. Yeah. I like
2: all, who's he's still a virgin? Shit, I would have fucked. no up. that's good. So this one of Freddie's friends goes up and he goes, and Freddie would get a big kick out of this because um, I'm going to tell you something that I've never told anyone. I'm a virgin. I'm 45 <laughs> years old and I've never been with a woman. Holtzman, right after him, first thing he says, he goes. I'll fuck that virgin. <laughs> like that, I'll fuck him in the ass. Virgin no more. Virgin no more. I'll <laughs> Fuck him right in the ass. This is a memorial.
0: <laughs> For a
2: well, that's also when uh, people Coco... lost their minds. Oh, on fucking. Oh, that Joey was the Diaz. best. Marilyn Martinez. Martinez. Right? Yep. I would have stood up for that. Like, uh, that was Jeff Valdez. You were there, huh? Yeah. Oh, oh, they're I should there, throw a man. fucking
3: chair at you, cocksucker. You fucking embarrassed cocksucker. us. Keep you embarrassed the us. the fuck out of here. Sitting there with your fake little laugh. You don't care about that little girl. Five years from now, you'll be on your boat not giving a fuck.
2: Oh, like, you went off on dude, him, dude. it was the best. And then, fuck it uh
3: And then Ludovica went up, dude. And she got naked, because I guess she gotta you know, follow that. And then Mondo went up after. It was all weird. He's all, And Mondo's like, hey, man. It was weird, man. You know, uh... It's all sad and stuff, but I was thinking to myself, man, when I'm walking in here, when I seen Ludo Vika with the trench coat, I was like, "God damn, man, Ludo's getting old, eh?" <laughs> but not after she got naked, eh? And then and then I brought kind of brought stuff back, sure, but yeah, it got weird crazy. for a little bit. Yeah,
2: I was, man, Marilyn. We've lost so many. That's the other thing about comedy, is that. There's so many people fall off, and and then you know the people that we've lost. Like Freddie was a Freddie was sort of responsible. I was Freddie's uh, opener for a long time, and then Marilyn, I went on the road with uh, a bunch. It was because it was Cheech and Friends. So That's it was, right. Yeah. So me and Marilyn, Marilyn, oh, she was so fucking cool that I had to open for Paul Mooney, and she's like, "Come here. Let me tell you something. I don't want to even say hello to Paul Mooney." You walk up to Paul Mooney and you say, Marilyn Martinez says I'm cool. That's it. So I walked up, I go in the green room, I don't say anything. He's uh, like with glasses of champagne, all fickle. And, <laughs> and I walk up and I go, Marilyn Martinez says I'm cool. Well, if Marilyn Martinez says you're cool, then you're cool. And that was it. Like he was fine, like he wouldn't fuck with me. But I've heard horror stories. Like they, they, like he's a complete asshole to people. Yeah, that's what I heard. But Marilyn was cool the best. to us. You know something, bro.
3: A little proper little Mexican came up here with manners. Hey, I know. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's
2: great. I had no idea you had fucking that uh, uh, Paul Mooney in your wheelhouse. Yeah, everybody bro. Yeah, was wrong. man. Yeah. Um, but it was funny. We
3: used to have a joke. And it was like an inside joke, and that was between the guy you mentioned earlier, and Alfred. Is like saying that uh, you were opening up for a. Um, Freddie Soto And Marilyn They died in, uh, uh, Also uh, oh, Jesus. What's his name Mitch uh, Mitch Hedberg I'm all. Yeah. God damn man Whoever, whoever has I'll feature him For him next Better watch out <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude it's a word Yeah like Chappelle pure, bro
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, And get that Mexican motherfucker Away from me yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> It's a kiss of death That's why I got uh, Moved to headliner Just so I didn't Fucking kill anybody else <laughs>
3: <laughs> But you had a fucking
2: Remember that one time We went to see Chappelle When he came yeah. back
3: um, and you were cool with Chappelle cuz we talked to you right before the show Yeah man I'm Nick cool Nick Cannon
1: on the show. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
3: oh you guys
2: were there yeah, We that were was there. crazy. So but that they was put killed you, it. Up.
3: you you went up there um and uh guys from uh, System
2: of the Down, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. Eddie Bruce Murphy, Will- Willis Bruce was Willis. there, the Red Hot
3: Chili Pepper guys
1: were
2: there. Yep.
3: Um and, uh, and you, Tommy on the comedy store is there.
1: <laughs> That's a photo I have. It's me, Nick Cannon, and him, and fucking Tommy. And,
3: uh, you went up there in a. Uh, and what's his name? It was Homeboy. that he, back then they had a flat top. That brother, dude, fucking um. Nick Cannon. No, the other Sui? one. That op- yeah, the heel. Who opened Sully McCullough? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And then you went up and you killed it. And like I mean, you killed it hard, like Nick harder Cannon than followed so. you. But they, I, it just seemed to me that they wanted to get like another brother up there. Oh man, calm these motherfuckers down. And yeah, then uh, so Nick, you
1: got a standing ovation. Yeah,
3: Nick. The cannon came over there in the key it wasn't happening and then they brought up Chappelle but it was kind of like it, you threw the whole show off and that's when you had that cool ass joke about uh, the rap yeah it's like a gay burrito <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. oh you do me yeah. too
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> it doesn't go bro yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, dude, so congrats. That was fucking bad. That's what he said that. No uh, Don't people uh, representing. Mexican
1: South of ketchup in the condiment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: That's dude.
1: So number one. Yeah. So we're, we
2: had good-ass seats, too.
1: Per- we we're, oh, were stoned yeah. for the
2: whole show. So this is when Dave Chappelle went to Africa, then came back. He left the Chappelle show, and this is the first show he does in L.A. But how I got on this is I'm up at the punchline headlining. And I get a note passed to me. I'm headlining my own show at the San Francisco Punchline. And it says, Dave Chappelle's here. You get off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and nice. I'm like, I'm fucking. I'm, no, I'm headlining. So I was like, oh. put it down on the stool and finished. And uh, But he sat next to my little brother. And he, uh, Dave Chappelle goes, who's this guy? You know, doing. do it.
3: Man, who the fuck is this motherfucker?
2: <laughs> and so my, he goes, that's my brother. So we met. And then I just went backstage and he put me on that show. And then the guy, Jeff Wills from Live Nation, he goes, I got it. He goes, this is weird, but show up in Utah, bring a bag, just be there. Trust me. I'm going to see if it goes okay. I show up in Utah. It's 8,000 seater, University of Utah or something like that. Chappelle, I do 20 minutes before Chappelle. And he goes, you bring a lot of clothes? And I go, I brought some extra clothes, I guess. And then he goes, hold on, I'll be right back. And he comes back and he goes, okay, you're in. You're on tour with us for five days. And I had no idea... And that's who we were like flying around, and that's right when he got back. But that guy was on top of the world. Chicks were ch- pressing their tits up against the windows. of the, That was like Beatles shit we were running Damn. in. Damn. I uh, didn't do get down photo. Fo- take photos. <laughs> 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 i to unsqueeze me. So, yeah, it was crazy. So that was like, but uh, he's the only one that hasn't died. Did you have to uh, pay yeah. for your own plane, though? <laughs> I'm, no. a, I'm thinking about, man, yeah, Bob. How about these plays, man? It's coming to my end.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, get a little bill. Like they you pay know, through I your thing. plane,
2: Jeff Wills? You played. they, I don't know how they work that, but they were getting cash. And he had, by the end of it, it's like, how much cash do you want? Black comedy love out? cash, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Man, I don't trust no
3: banks.
1: That's it, man. Something would happen to me in comedy, more, I would just go rob comedians that I not getting paid cash. <laughs> 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 I know I'll go every Sunday. Sneak into the comedy club <laughs> and hit him with a stick, dude. Or get a hot chick that was coke and lure them, bro. Lure like I'd bait. Lure yeah. them 1950s style.
3: There's been a couple brother, brothers that got jacked like that, though, right? That we've heard about.
1: I never go. After I the, think get paid, man, I throw it with a
2: check. No more cash. Well, that's what I heard. There's a great Dave T- a Tell story about him at that Sanford & Sons comedy club in Kansas City. yeah, Where they said, and I guess the guys who run that place are, you know. Not yeah. the, the best owners. <laughs> they go. Um, why don't you? Um, we're gonna give you cash. He goes, No, I want. I want a check. We're gonna pay you in coke. And then um, he goes, No, nah, I don't want. I don't want uh, that either. And then he had to wait to because then there was a long walk across the parking lot, and he knew he had a sense that they were just gonna hit him over the back of the head and take the money they, you know, gave him the, or the coke. So he just waited for a check. And then had some a cab drive up to the door, and he got in and drove like drove Damn. like a short distance just to fucking go up. But that's what places want to do. Like they know that comedians are doing big shows. Like Cheech was telling me that they when they did big shows, they had three hundred thousand dollars in a paper bag. Back in the
3: day.
2: Back in the day, and they were they would put down the tray tables. On their, at the on the airline they were at, and they were counting out and separating $300,000. And they, everybody saw, like, this Mexican guy and Tommy Chung fucking counting out. Uh-huh. Like, what the fuck is going on? But, yeah, they, everybody got paid in cash. You just do it all under the table. And that's why merch is so great, because you can just take all that shit. Yeah, Hell yeah, man.
3: But a lot of brothers are skeptical of banks and all that shit. They want to see the green, huh?
2: Like, when you sell jeans... Um, do you, uh, <laughs> I you buy know, jeans, <laughs> <laughs> all cash, 50 bucks of jeans, 100 bucks. It's, it's PayPal,
1: bro.
3: <laughs> yeah, 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 that whole, like, you know, be, getting jacked before. Well, I'm fucking checking. About. I saw the
1: movie man, with Little Richard with having, like, this party at this, uh, the movie, right? Uh-huh. Little Richard, and they're, like, the couples are making now, it's, it's about to turn into an orgy, and he's drinking. And he opened up his suitcase, it's filled with money, dude. Ooh, like, the Quasar, his whole, rock and roll. his whole career, money was in there. And he just paid people off. I'm going to owe you here. I'm going to owe you here. <laughs> Damn, and he closes Jesus. it up and he puts his gun in his waist.
3: <laughs> <laughs> just to let you motherfuckers know.
1: <laughs> Damn, man. What's up, fool? We got Al Magic out here. Right? You were going to tell us that story about what happened to you at the San Antonio River Center Comedy Club condo.
2: This, <laughs> so, We've been there, though. For people who don't know, the the comedy condo, you talk about this a lot, the comedy condo, like places that don't want to pay for a hotel or to put up comics, is just has to buy a shitty little condo near the comedy club, and then they have the features, the headliners just every week, and they always pay a waitress. Yeah. It, ugly waitress
1: does, or ugly it, lady. It just does a <laughs>
2: shitty job. It's Sad dude, the waitress always
1: has, ugly, but she has to go weed.
2: It's just pube central. Like it's just fucking no uh, just dust pubes like fucking disgusting refrigerator. And I worked with a guy at the do you remember the comedy stomp at the Tropicana? Did you ever do that? It was like uh I used to, to go there and I worked with this guy, Adam Leslie, who's now dead. He used to put um Everybody's, everybody I work with is dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> you, got like, you got like 10 days left. You better hope to that. <laughs> anyway, um, he used to put an orange traffic cone on his head and do Wizard of Oz. <laughs> 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 Fucking funny, All buddy. the grays are gone. <laughs> so,
3: I'm going to give him a basket.
2: He was suicidal. And Joe Moffa, who's the opener, he goes, hey, Al is Have you worked with this guy before? He's going to threaten to kill himself, and he's going to try to borrow money from me. He's not going to kill himself, and don't don't give him money because we'll never fucking see him again. He's a drug addict, and so every night, ladies and gentlemen, the Tropicana is proud to present your headliner for this evening, Al Madrigal. And I'd look over at this guy, and he goes, "I'm going to kill myself, Al. Tonight's the night I do it." And then I'm like, "Fucking Adam, don't kill yourself. I'm going to do this set. And I'll be right back." And so I'd walk back, and the guy was just a mess. But he was the guy at the comedy condos who used to, this is horrible, but used to jizz in all the condiments. And so there's condiments in the fucking refrigerator you would never use because you heard that people used to piss in the ketchup and jizz in the fucking and put fucking boogers in all the shit. And that was Adam Leslie. So these comedy condos are fucking disgusting. And the River Center... Has the worst comedy condo. This is the, this is the worst one. So I, I show up in town, and I've heard about it because other comics had told me. So I had the kid drive me to Walmart, and I bought flip-flops, and I bought a sleeping bag. So I'm sleeping in a sleeping bag where I won't touch the ground, and I'm in there. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, co- comedians come. Everybody's got a key to this place, too. So yeah, they man. show up. Everyone wants to party in there, and I don't know fucking know who these guys are. Like, everyone wants to hang out. Everyone wants to bang waitresses in there. There's porn, all VHS tapes of porn. It is the most run-down, rat-infested shithole, and the River Center had possibly the worst one. And that's in my—I only have one thing in my writer, no condo. But you know how they trick you is then they rent a hotel room and they use the same hotel room for every single comic. So technically...
3: It's almost like the comedy con. Yeah,
2: the comedy zone in Jacksonville, Florida. Everybody goes in the same hotel room. Yeah,
1: it's right next to the, the restaurant.
3: Okay. <clears throat> Grimy, dude. I stood there. It's just
2: fucking horrible. I told them I, I didn't want to stay there and it was there was nothing else around. And also, I went... I walked up to the bar and somebody told me... Uh, he was there the week before, but I walked to the bartender and they go, "Steve O told you to, tells me to tell you to go fuck yourself." And uh, I had this joke in my act about uh, Steve O, and so uh, I was telling it at the improv, and he was there. No, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but whatever. <laughs> and so uh, I knew he was the week there with the week before, so I was like, "Fuck this guy, Steve O from Jack. He probably put his balls on everything in this entire place, and I'm sort of trapped here." So I went. Walked to Target, bought a fucking air mattress, moved the love seat out of the way, because I figured that was like the least trafficked part <laughs> of the whole fucking condo, and slept on an air mattress in a snuggie for fucking four days. <laughs> that
3: fool got mad? Goddamn, dog.
1: How bad was when you were there, bro? How should it that real that fucking. The fucking
2: bathroom was bad, huh? It's
3: grimy. It's like when your parents tell you to clean the restroom and you don't really clean it, you just pick up like that. And then year after year, you fucking see the little- The
2: fucking... ring oh, around the dude, toilet. it's disgusting. The, the ring, the dark oh, yeah, yeah. orange, it's like fucking ring in the inside. All it's that
3: just... fucking mildew and you shit. You want
1: to take a shower there? You think that, yeah, I'm going to relax with a shower, but no, man. No, you can't- low, re- low flow.
3: Yeah, you can't relax in there. Dude.
2: And then you're distracted by the low flow and then the black mold.
3: Yeah, and it's moldy. Yeah, 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 dude.
2: You don't, you know, you don't trust the towels.
3: Oh hell no! So yeah. you just,
1: just um go lay down and uh, rub yourself on the park carpet and lay and dry yourself <laughs>
2: <laughs> like a fucking dog, dude. I buy everything. I buy. Where did you start doing up, bum? San Francisco. In San Francisco, 1998. I was working at my parents' family business, um, firing people. I knew if I made it to 30 years old, I wasn't <clears throat> going to um, to do it. So I did it. I got baked the first time I did stand-up. I called my, I did a character, and then that went horribly wrong. And then the second time I actually wrote jokes, and then all the comedians sort of grabbed me and took, we took off. And then did it for like four or five years. Came down here with my son and my wife in 2003. Been here ever since. I went to New York for The Daily Show for like two and a half years, but other than that, just been based in L.A. Wow, man, ninety eight. Two years, like after me,
1: yeah. And uh, Gabriel started in '98 too, right? '97, '98. Remember um, the first uh-huh. time I, I saw you? Or How's I, he doing? Is he doing? He's okay? doing all right. Man. He's big. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the first time I, I saw, I heard, I knew your name because of that um, the show with with Cheech. But um, we did a hell Hellgate one time for, when they were trying to promote the Brea Improv, and oh it was like 110 God. degrees. We had to do an outside show on Riverside Road. The River Riverside Festival, Breya, Breya, Brea. Brea, That's right. It was hot, and now uh,
2: man, it was hot. It was a hundred degrees, and it didn't go too well for me. <laughs> I went out. I think I had to do the same thing, and the, I dropped my check, and then the cops found it, and they ripped it up, and they said he doesn't deserve this, and fucking they did it because. It was an out as a comedian when you do start, they tell you never do outside gigs. Dicks. Never do um is stuff in front of kids. Or a quad at a college. Yeah, it's horrible. You, you can't all the laughs go away. There's the opposite of this room. When we're in you're in a underground club like the DC Improv or the Um the old Cobbs Comedy Club where it's underground or the comedy works in Denver. You know, it's like those sweet clubs where it's like all the laughter but when you're outside you can't hear anything. So I'm outside, I did this brand, and then uh mine was a disaster. Mine like they I, I just left me doing dick jokes, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: right. Came with a basket of dildos.
2: <laughs> yeah. I just poured dicks all over everybody and they didn't like it. No, I, I just um I don't think so that is that what you're talking about? Yeah. The same thing? Yeah, they I they hated me. I always feel like when I do
1: an outside gig, I feel like God is taking my laughs. <laughs>
2: Because be sucking them all up into the sky and I can hear shit.
3: They escape, dude. Well,
2: for me, luckily, it's been like acting. I've always uh, been able to just trying to act as much as possible. And then the Daily Show helped with my road numbers. Now I do a ton of the one-nighters and get the fuck out of there. And so that was always the plan. And I have a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old. So I'm feeling like I need to be around as much as possible. So I'm trying to really limit my road. And um, it's good. And then, of course... You know, everybody I featured for is dead. Uh, <laughs> Willie ain't dead, bro.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Willie Boy is alive. Baby. I was telling you my Willie story. From no, the,
3: well, it, last week when I, I heard came it.
1: Here. I heard it from from the managers only. Mike, uh, Mike, Mike, Mike Brunel? Brunel, uh, Brunel, Yeah, yeah, they love right.
3: it. They right. well, you You were,
1: right? you were co- that was your first time co-headlining with somebody. Yeah, that was the first time co-headlining with uh, Latino. Just co-headlining. Period.
2: No, I think. Uh... I think it was probably my one and only co-headlining.
1: Before we get to that story, man, I have a question, man. When you do that bit about how you were doing, you were doing a show like in like like in Visalia area. No,
2: East San Jose. East San Jose. The only, the, he doesn't. Speak, oh no, that was in Stockton where somebody goes. He doesn't speak Spanish. Yeah, the comedian before you, was that Ruben Quintana. Yes. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> oh, I, knew it man. I knew
1: it. Did I say his name? Yeah. I got yeah. Ruben,
2: what's wrong? How was your set? Yeah, oh they, my god they I, but my Yes, but I didn't know Ruben Quintana
1: Because that guy was—he. Oh my god I know his jokes
3: his <laughs> They joke, had a hunch
1: dude. His joke Doesn't go too well up north, man <laughs> He does that joke about his My mother You know, some people play with G.I. Joe My mother made me a, a, a Oh my god My mother made me a, a Fucking uh, G.I. Joe Made a Made of tamales <laughs> He called it Masa joke <laughs> Awesome, Joe. It's not bad. You stand there on the way over there. That's when you realize that your your name is pronounced Madrigal.
2: Oh, I'm fine. Uh, so yeah, that's right. Um, Rubik, you said there were Mongols there too. Mongols. I used to live across the street from. In Eagle Rock was the head of the Mongols um, that I actually became friends with. And um, that's a tough I, click right there. That one. No, it really. That's is. a value one, right? Dude, no, he was head of. Uh, I don't even want to say. <laughs> uh, like, we have I mean, Mongol listeners, but one. Who, we have Mongol uh, listeners. One guy drove um, the truck. Remember when the ATF came and rounded yeah. them all up at four o'clock in the morning? Like mm-hmm. we had ATF agents, helicopter battering ram, uh, the whole thing, infrared scopes and the whole thing. I had them out in the front lawn, hands up, wife beater. It was crazy? Anyway, I used to. He used to come and knock on my door and go, "Hey." And I'm like, hey, what's going on, Manny? And he goes, uh, your lights are on, bro. I was like, oh, great. Not in, not here to kill me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the, uh, he was um, he was a tough dude. Their garage blew up. It was crazy. Damn. <laughs> anyway, so with that gig, um, what was it? Oh, dude, that gig, like I was doing a show in Stockton, and I was like, I don't want to be myself. Because we did uh, the Ari Shafir so- uh, show together, and that's when I told that story um, that w- this is not happening. But uh, these guys basically threatened me. I hopped a fence with a jacket over my head and ran to the car. Like It was not good. I was just taking whatever money I could, young family, and they paid in cash. And so I had like, cash in my pocket, jumped a fence, ran in my car, and fucking sped away. Yeah, that was, it was not good, man. And we do I do car shows. I would do whatever I could to, and like the bikini models have not shown up, so we're gonna do uh stand up comedy. It's all guys with like VHS recorders going, What the fuck? <laughs> Waiting for the chicks. Yeah, I would just do whatever. That guy who who booked that short thought to
1: him? Was it a short guy? There's a black guy named black Rick guy? Sullivan.
2: Ed Sullivan? Rick. Rick Sullivan. Wow. And um yeah, that's what I I mean, you know, we're gonna pay you I think it was like I think I got, like, 500 bucks each show, cash. Okay, Rubik Tana, bro. He turned Christian after that.
3: <laughs> yeah, sad Joe.
2: What happened to Carlos Oscar?
1: We,
3: he, he, he's he was still on, around?
1: He was on our show. Really? Yeah, he's we had him on. He's, he's, does, he's super, doing cruise ships.
2: He, he does cruise ships. He's all churches and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. he and was colleges. When I auditioned for the Ortegas, it the uh, three of us auditioning for the part it was me, Freddie Soto, and Carlos Oscar. Oh, damn. That was the three of them. Um, so... I forgot. I was telling you a story and then I got distracted. The uh, New Year's Eve. Oh, to Willie Barcelona. So I'm co-headlining Willie, bro. What's up, dog. So I'm headlining with co-headlining with Willie, but Willie was on. It's in Sacramento with the Punchline. Now Willie was on the radio there, and he's like, he told people before, I'm not fucking. We're supposed to flip flop when you go and do co-headline with somebody one night somebody goes last and then goes the other guy goes before and you just show to show you flip flop that's how it works willie shows up late the every single show so he's headlining every show and he won't accept the fact that i could go after him and then he every single set he's going up and he goes oh bro i don't want my kids to be, grow up like Al Madrigal, you know, because Al Madrigal is like, oh, I'm Al Madrigal. Blah, 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 and starts doing fucking like this impression of me on stage. And I'm... I'm He's better bad I'm, impression, by the way. <laughs> He's no Rodrigo. So, Well, no,
1: really bad impression, man. You ever gonna do a pothead?
3: I know! Huh? What does he do? Uh, <laughs> Just a total... Hey, bro, I'm high, bro. <laughs> I eat snacks, bro. I was like really? Yeah, yeah, totally. I eat snacks. I don't listen to my mom, bro. I steal out of her purse. It's Like, all right, guys. So,
2: and Willie and I were always good. We were always friendly. And that's why they put us together because we were. I was. I'm sort of fucking the same with everybody. He's cast with a friendly Latino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just like hey. blend in perfectly. I, I no, care.
3: no heat. No. I nothing.
2: don't. I mean, I do. Like, I have problems with people, but it's usually. You know. So so do I, Doug. <laughs> what the fuck, doc? Mention <laughs> me again, Doug. So, uh... It's Jeff Christian. So, uh... <laughs> so... The man behind the curtain. Anyway, um... He's saying all this shit about me. And I'm doing... Fucking... I'm getting more and more pissed. So now it's New Year's Eve. And they put champagne... Bad champagne on the tables with the blowers and all the confetti. Oh, yeah, all hat. this shit. And it's a Sacramento punchline. You've been there. They have a ceiling tile... It's like next to a mattress store, and they have a clock on a ceiling tile that's hanging down, and the clock is off. But in the meantime, Chris Garcia is the opener, he brought a four loco. So me and him starts doing shots of four loco. You know that stuff? It's like eight cups of coffee and four Cisco's in one drink. Damn. It's it's, it fucks it's you up. Illegal in some states. It's blue. And I'm just fucking, clink, 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 I got some four loco in me. <laughs> now it's New Year's. And Willie goes, he goes, all right, let's do the countdown.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and all you know, the community. How you going, eh? <laughs> <laughs> like my
3: Patron chills, bro.
2: And then there was a clock. Everybody's got cell phones. The clock is off. It's five minutes. And he goes, uh, hey, Abe. It was Abe, you know, Big, Big Abe. Yeah, Big Abe yeah. goes, what are you trying to make me look stupid? You trying to make me look foolish, huh? And then I got on the back mic and I go, what's the matter, Willie? Don't like anybody making you look stupid? Don't you like uh, anybody making you look foolish, huh? And he goes, oh, bro, we got a problem, bro? And I go, yeah, we got a fucking problem. <laughs> I go, you're saying my name over and over on stage. Fucking I don't want my kids to grow up like that. <laughs> <laughs> be half if your kids is half as successful as I've been, it'd be fucking one lucky father. You don't understand that, Willie? <laughs> I got, and he goes, You're lucky I like you, bro. I would've fucking bum rushed you right now. <laughs> you're <my> <laughs> Two minutes to New Year's. Uh, like now it's two minutes to New Year's. People just start boom, boom, boom.
3: <laughs> Stop fighting. Take <Stop.
2: laughs> your kung fu with you. <laughs> so then Enter we're, the yeah. So he goes, dude, you're fucking lucky. I like you. I'm gonna fucking kick your ass. This is like, all right, let's just do the New Year's countdown ten, nine, eight, seven, 10, three. Jumps off stage, runs right towards me. I go, he goes, we got to talk about this. And I go, yeah, we got to fucking talk about it. Let's go in the green room. And I go, before you say anything, let me just say this. Uh, I'm just as angry as you are, but I don't have the fighting abilities. Okay? And secondly, I want you to listen to your fucking recorder. And I want you to hear how many times you said my name. You said my name like 12 fucking times. And then you imagine... That some other comic is on stage saying, "I don't want my kids to grow up like Willie Barsena. Willie Barsena this, Willie Barsena that." You'd fucking be just as pissed. And he, and he fucking dawned on him, and he goes, "You're right, bro." Like that, and it was fucking over.
3: Always well, we needed a psychologist, dog.
2: <laughs> and then that's what he would tell me. He goes, "You're sick. You need psych." He, he, that's what he kept telling me. He goes, "You need a You need a psychiatrist, bro." How do you know? You need dog? a psychiatrist, bro. <laughs> And he would just fucking—that's all he was saying to me. But I think we're cool. If I saw him, I'd fucking say what's up. So, you know, I mean, he's headbutted people for less, right? Yeah, but all
3: and missed.
1: He missed, dog. It A was, it was buzz, bro. With my right eye, dog. <clears throat> Crazy yeah, man. I know, huh? <laughs>
2: So, this this show on Showtime, man, talk oh, it about It's about stand up comedy. So, I got. It's based on a comedy store, or? There's a book that came out called I'm Dying Up Here. I'm Dying Up Here. And in 1973, there was a strike. They weren't paying anybody. So, Mitzi was taking like $25,000 in cash and paper bags. Up to her house every single night. And she would pay the guys that were big headliners. So Richard Pryor, he would do the main room and he'd get 100% on the door. But then she'd start to put a collection of guys together like Jay Leno and... Letterman. Uh, all these other comics. They'd sell out. But she wouldn't give... She'd give them zero dollars. So everybody's like, what the fuck is this? And this guy comic was on The Tonight Show last night, but I had to buy him breakfast because he can't afford food. So no one could eat... Everybody was sleeping in cars. We talked to Tom Dreesen about it because I wrote on the show as well. And Tom Dreesen and all these guys, he'd go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and they had a thing called Cluckin' buck or something like that. You got a a thigh or a drumstick and a corn on the cob. And every day he said he ate it, one of those every single day for two years. And so no one can afford to eat. But then this woman is putting 25 grand in a bag and taking it up to the house every night. So they started to strike, and the improv is starting up, and Bud, Impro- uh, Bud Friedman from the improv moves out from New York, and they're, they're striking, and then finally he gives in and says, and his business is not doing so well, and he says, fine, I'll start paying some comics after the strike, or whatever, I'll agree to pay comedians. And then apparently somebody went and told that to Mitzi, and Ali Joe Prater, this is the theory, Ali Joe Prater is this big... Little biker fat? fat dude, yeah, with little boots. And he- <laughs> when they said that, when
1: Ollie Prater died, a piece of us died too because he was like a big hack.
3: <laughs> yeah, he used to steal a little bit from everybody. There's a big yeah. story. They used to cover him up, right? Al Canal told us when he was uh, headlining, and then yeah. um after the opener, <clears throat> lift lifted up the big old uh, drape, and then he'll because he couldn't move that fast.
2: Holy shit! Yeah,
3: like got that sick, but nevertheless.
2: So Ollie Joe Prater said, "What if there was no more improv?" And then the improv burned down.
3: Yeah, they firebombed it, right? They
2: firebombed it. There's a kitchen fire, but they firebombed it. And that's sort of what our show is all based in that time. And Eric Griffin's in it. Andrew Santino's in it. uh, Melissa Leo, who's in The Fighter. um, Jim Carrey is producing it. It looks really cool. They got some great people, great directors. The guy who wrote it is uh, from Masters of Sex. And... um, People really cared about stand-up. Me and Dreesen got to like put in a bunch of stories. Would you can play Dom Herrera. Dom Herrera's <laughs> is in it. player bro. D- Dom is in the show. Oh yeah, playing a drunk, old drunk called named Fitzy. Uh,
3: one That's time we talking. walked by the comedy store. He was talking shit about the Dice Man. Yeah, he's a copycat.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he like the Dice Man. There's uh yeah he's gotten into it with him a bunch. So we had they're Dom. Um, uh, who else? A uh, lot of comics in it, and it's just um. Yeah, it's a great fucking time and world, and, and I, I was auditioning in the second episode because I got in a little beef, another beef, uh, with bad intro with uh, Pauly Shore. Shore, yeah. Hey, he buddy. told people to go to the fucking bathroom and have a smoke is my intro. And then he goes, hey, Anthony, Jessalmik is here tonight. And then everyone cheered because they thought that was who was next. And then he goes, and this guy's good too, Al Madrigal. And everybody's like, "What?" It was just fucking weird. And I go, and then he puts the mic on the stool, which I, am just putting the fucking mic stand, asshole. Yeah. So I told him that. And anyway, so in the second episode of this, I'm dying up here. I'm doing a midnight special showcase, and the guy fucking tanks my um, opening. You know, my intro. He says, "This guy's, uh, this guy next comedian is gonna thinks Mexican and uh, white people are different, and he's gonna tell you how." Uh, like that, or so I and then he does crowd work. And I walk out, and I'm like, Well, Mexican and white people are different, right? And then I go into my bits and I just eat it. I come flying off the stage and fucking just start punching right across the face. It's great. So they let us put all this, there's fights, they get thrown in jail. You know, I'm a, a little bit, I, I deal some drugs. And so there's, uh, I get, you know, there's a lot of shit I get to run from the cops. It's awesome. So it's a drama. It's an hour long. They're a dramedy, but there's all the drugs and all the sex and, um, chuckle fuckers we got to put in there, which is great. Somebody are playing Mitzi? Uh, Melissa Leo plays Goldie. Yeah, it was a Mitzi time. Yeah, and she's really good. Is there like a
1: Richard Pryor character?
2: There is, we got this fucking guy who came in that just looked just like him. And we weren't doing really looking likes because we have Johnny Carson that doesn't look anything like him. But, um, this kid came in. He looked exactly like young Richard Pryor, and he can do the voice and everything. I and mean, he's he's brilliant. So there's like a young Eddie Murphy. There's uh, R.J. Siler who plays this like you know seventeen year old black kid that comes into the store. And then there's um, sort of a Bill Hicks type. There's two guys from Boston that come out that sleep in a closet because Jim Carrey used to sleep in a closet next to cat litter, so we have that in there. They do sets anywhere they can. So you see them doing sets in the, uh, like, uh, AA meetings and shit ch- like that. Yeah. Traffic show. school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a good show. And, um, you know, hopefully it uh, it works out. How many episodes? They gave us 10. 10? Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Jim Carrey been pushing that for a while, right? He bought it a long time ago, and then he started showing up at the store, but they finally got it done. It's been, like... I live for four years. You're totally right. It's, uh, it takes a long time to get shit done. Why well, wouldn't watch it.
3: Hell, yeah. That's badass, dude. Yeah. Check it out.
2: Cool. Showtime. And then I got an hour special on Showtime as yeah, well. An hour special on Showtime? Yeah. it's coming around and around the same time. Me, or Griffin, and Santino.
3: And, uh, Neil Brennan directed your special. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Exactly. What's the name of it? Uh, Shrimpin' Ain't Easy. Shrimpin' Ain't Easy, bro.
3: <laughs> Hell, yeah. We were out of town, dude. Want...
1: Yeah, man. What's up for your next show, Rodrigo? You have a new Yeah
3: uh, Man? Yeah, the new uh, Yeah Man podcast is up today. Um, episode 20 with uh, Ben Gonzalez, so check that out. And uh, we're going to have a date at uh, Claremont. Oh, it's February, I want to say the 28th or 29th. But uh, nevertheless, check uh, social media and I'll fucking hook you guys up.
2: What made you guys start all things comedy? Uh, we saw that people were trying to take advantage of comics and we wanted to give them a way to own all their stuff and we wanted to help comics um own the distribution network that really we comedians have so many ideas they have podcasts they have movie ideas they got TV show ideas they've got ideas for game shows they got ideas for talk shows and they, they're great writers and so we wanted to have all the comedians get together and actually own the, their own network that distributes all this stuff and so We're building it. It's been slow, but now we're finally at a point where we got this new studio and we're uh, staffing up and it's going to be exciting because we're going to get a new website. And then Felipe and you guys are owners of the podcast network that you're on and you're also owners of the studio and owners of the website. And so if we start to make money, which we plan on it, because there's a whole plan for us making money in two years, a lot of it and we end up selling, you're going to get a fucking check based on your downloads, and uh, it's pretty exciting. I can't wait uh, for that day to come. I've been working on this for a long time.
3: Fucking bitching, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah.
2: How, how many years were you on a Daily Show? <laughs> I was on the Daily Show for five years, yeah, and two and a half. I lived, I went to my uh, wife and my son when I got the gig because I was on a TV, I've been on a lot of TV shows. it's like the fourth character, fifth character. Like, okay, who took my smoothie? And, <laughs> <laughs> and then I, one of those went away. And then uh, the Daily Show called me and it said, "How would you like the job full time?" And uh, I went to my wife and kids and I said, "Hey, who wants to move to New York?" And they said, "We got a better idea. Why don't we stay here?" And you commute back and forth and kill yourself slowly over time. <laughs> so I fucking did that. For two and a half years, I flew back and forth. It was the worst. You will go home every week? No. Nah, every 10 days, 12 days, 6 days, depending on what was going on. But my body's a fucking mess. You know, the airline yeah. seats all fucked. You see Jimmy Schubert walking one day. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> Give that's it up for exactly. that knee. <laughs> yeah,
1: Jesus. Yeah, man, it gets a little locked up. You know, yeah. I go to the
3: lady of Beverly Hills. She stretches it out. You know, my my mom, mom, I'm all right, Felipe. Oh, <laughs> shit, help me up. <laughs> they help do help heat, me up with back. heat treatments. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like a bionic knee and shit. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Dude, that's crazy.
1: You you did a, I saw one interview you did, which was really funny, because I, I was in Canada. I was in Detroit. And you, you you were talking about... um The bridge. The bridge, yeah. Can they, Canada wanted to pay for the new bridge, and Michigan voted no. It's
2: crazy. Crazy, they,
1: huh? But then to complain about it, that there is no bridge.
2: There's one guy that owns a bridge, so there's a lot of private bridges, and this guy owns a bridge, and then owns a trucking company, and so there's like he's like a mob boss named Matty Maroon in Detroit, Damn. and he owns the fucking only bridge. Between Windsor, Canada, and Detroit. So he gets all the toll money goes to him. Jesus. And then he gives discounts to his trucking company. So it's cheaper to use his trucking company. So he's got this big ass trucking company. So then he paid the Black Panthers to uh, uh, like um, campaign on his behalf. He paid all these people off. So I, at one point in this piece, you can look up, it's called, uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think you just Google Al Madrigal Canadian Bridge piece or something like that. And I go to this six foot six black guy named Malik Shabazz and I go um hey I I don't want to tell you how to run your Black Panther business but uh I think you're working for the man and he got fucking pissed and at one point we're in Detroit this is how scary Detroit is (laughs) damn I'm with the Black Panthers with I like six of them and this camera guy goes hey man it's getting dark we gotta get the fuck out of here and I go dude we're with the Black Panthers I think we're cool and he goes I don't give a fuck who we're with we need to go or we're going to die. Like now. And we were – because it's mansions. It was all – Detroit was all GM, Ford, auto money, and all those managers. They had – I mean, houses you'd see in Hancock Park here in L.A. that would cost $3 million. You could buy for 5000 bucks if you promise to live in it. All boarded up, five bedrooms, big driveways, boarded up, terrifying neighborhood. And it was just all – where all the rich people used to live – and then audio auto industry collapsed, so Detroit's a fucking mess. But I think it's on the way back up. Again. But anyway, we were out at night. Scary shit. Daily Show got me in some trouble. Like I, I've driven tanks. I've swam with uh, manatees. Uh, I've gotten to do all kinds of weird shit. I was on a rooftop in Mexico City pretending in a white suit, pretending to be a drug dealer, and <laughs> shooting all this shit. And we've been all over the world because of it, which is awesome. But uh, in the meantime, like I'm traveling back and forth and not seeing the family and everything, so I had to sort of give it up and make a tough choice to come back. So they voted uh, not to have that bridge because Maroon owns it. Um, they they were going to tear it down. They were going to build a second bridge. I think actually it did pass, and they're building the second bridge because the Canadians are like, "No, we're gonna we're gonna pay for the whole thing. There's no trickies here." <laughs>
3: yeah. How long did he have a grip on that fucking bridge?
2: But forever. Bought it. You just bought it it in the 60s, owned it ever since.
3: That's a
1: lot of
2: money, huh? Mad (laughs) cheese. Yep. Got to own a bridge now.
3: Yeah. We got to get in the bridge bridges.
1: Yeah, that's right. The wall building business. (laughs) How much (laughs) do they cost to build a wall?
3: Because
1: I know I've been to El Paso. You've been to El Paso. There's a wall there already. It's
3: pretty sturdy. Oh, yeah, dude.
2: It's going to cost uh, $200 billion. There's no way any fucking wall gets built. Mexico can't pay for it, man. You ever loan money to somebody who lives
1: in Mexico, they never pay it back. (laughs) (laughs) I loan money to cousins, bro, they went to Mexico and never gave me it back. (laughs) I paid for bicycles to get fixed, rides to the airport, rides to the Greyhound station, bro. I never got the money. And there's the border, once you get to like San Diego, you know San Diego, and then the beach, what Tijuana, Mexico. Yeah, I've been there. Where they meet there, you been to that gate?
2: I've been right. You could swim that
1: over, gate. right? There ain't you no know, sharks, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, the water's too cold. They
2: Submarines. That's why I love when like uh, drug traffickers and cartel guys build They you always they find a submarine every once in a while. Tunnels. You really could swim around to Tijuana Beach, though. You I could. saw the gate. I saw this other part where there's a part of the wall that connected to the beach.
1: And it's Border Patrol, they're playing volleyball with the other side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I saw another one where there's Border Patrol. It's right where the bo- where the wall ends, but it's ocean. And he he walked across to buy um an ice cream from the ice cream from the Palatero man. Mm-hmm. The-
2: well there's a, they have a fence there and you can reach through your past messages and shit like that. through. I interviewed the head of the Minutemen, the guy who started that. to uh, really Dan.
1: have sex in one minute? No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but those guys are crazy like that's the other thing it's like I think what did the many men say it's more emotion than politics right he uh, he has three chihuahuas he loves Mexican food he's gonna go home and have a margarita Um, his daughter married a Mexican his grandkids are all half Mexicans and uh, yeah he wants to keep them all out it's fucking he, crazy you no normal relatives it's <laughs> <laughs> a big idea man yeah it's insane that was like uh, that's what I worry about the the Trump stuff. I worry about Trump inciting violence and in other people that aren't like so with it. Not that he's the most with it guy in the world, but I, I just worry about other people like, like following, saying, doing stuff, action. doing but being Az, violent in his name. Like, a, like Aziz said,
1: lower case KKK. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: dude. Yeah. It's because uh, remember after 9/11, remember people were starting to beat the shit out of people in yeah, <laughs> yeah 7-Eleven. Cool. Remember. He got all crazy with that. fool. He could bomb our country, but I can't take a shit at 7-Eleven. It's like, dude, this guy's from India, dude. He's not from Afghanistan. He come, come Bangladesh, bro. Dude, Buy a life. map, dude. Because you see a turban doesn't mean necessarily the same one.
1: Uh, you work for Daily News, right? Um, a lot of um, a lot of Muslims own big businesses here in America, huh?
2: Yeah, no, there's... A, Car lots, I know, in the valley, bro. They're owned by Muslims. There's a lot of money on Saudi Arabians. Oh, a uh, lot of yeah, money, huh? They ain't banning no Croatians. They didn't
1: ban Saudi <laughs> <laughs> They didn't ban, Saudi Arabia. They, they didn't ban no. Saudi Arabia. That's a whole Muslim country.
3: And what a lot of people know... Women can't drive
1: there, right? Women have, mm-hmm. have no rights? Nah,
3: dude. All right. But um, what they don't know, if you have a million dollars, you can be from anywhere on the planet. You can come here. They'll just The government will just tell you where to invest the money. So it's like, come on, what's up with this bullshit?
2: That's what I said uh, in that special. I go, anybody wants to, any if you're undocumented, one word gets you out of any trouble, lacoste. Alligator shirts, bro. Like, <laughs> and no one's ever been kicked out of the United States wearing a fucking alligator shirt. Yeah, like, if you're rich, they're, they'll find a way around it. I, I'm actually Fuck a Mexican it. citizen. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Your pops, right?
2: Well, my dad, and then they fucking went to Mexico City. They paid the right lawyer. I can, yeah, you got it. you guys are all taken care of. Dual citizenship. Paid the, yeah, easy.
3: Especially in Mexico. That's straight out. I mean, you want to do it, you got the money.
2: Yep. That's it. There you go. My it's mom had passion. a hard time with her driver's license down there, and like
3: that. Che
2: yep. Done. She, no she tried I take to take care of it. Tried to take care of it herself, went to DMV, bunch, she's there, she's there. Nope, sorry. They'd slide the window down in her face, just said, fuck it, and paid the dude right away. My parents are American citizens, too.
1: My mom and dad, they, my mom took the citizenship class in English, and my dad took the citizenship class in Spanish.
3: Yeah, dude, you can get it in your own language. Dude. What the fuck? Dude. When that
1: happened?
2: Oh, man, I, he did it like 10 years ago. Or t- 15 years ago? I'm just really worried about... There's a little Guatemalan kid that comes to my house. Oh, this little kid, Neto. And he works for six hours every single Saturday. And he's 26 years old. His family's all back in Guatemala. And he's funny. Like, I I was I worked back there with him, but my Spanish is horrible. We had a snake on the property. And a big one, too. I heard my dogs barking. And I run around. I go, Neto! Neto! And he comes around and he goes, oh! Wait, he like said he comes running back and he's got these two big bamboo sticks and I think he's gonna pick it up, All right? And like you know how they do this yeah. tamer shit, and he puts them above his head and just starts fucking hitting the shit out and beats the snake to death and then starts trying to chop off his head. And then um, we were around the other day and there's deer on our property, and uh, yeah, I go Neto, deer, there's deer, come here, and I start fucking like, going, deer, look, and he goes tiger, and I go no. A fucking tiger? When did you get here from Guatemala? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So we're
3: now, we're but
2: he this kid drives. Been now. Now. He drives. And I was like, You gotta make sure you're a great driver because any excuse to like pull people over. That happened to um this uh my mom's friend's sister. She got pulled over. No legal left turn, no left turn signal. Gone.
1: Channel driver license, nothing. No
2: driver's license, nothing. Like no papers.
1: You.
3: Nothing. Saturday, you just gotta be sneakier, man. You can't be fucking under the radar all the way, dude.
1: Damn! How can you live like twenty years here, like under the radar like that? Just driving, you were perfectly. living here, bro. You were hiding, bro. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, they say when like amnesty came, that's when like all the boots and the pointy, ha- uh, the pointy boots and the hats came out. But now with this, people are gonna have to start going back and going, all right, dude, fucking Yeah,
2: sweater over her <laughs> shoulders, dyeing their hair blonde, Got start a... wearing Abercrombie and Fish. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, dude. <laughs> Doug Dynasty
1: shirts. just <laughs> <laughs> the most American shit you can get your you gotta hands blend, on. got a blend, dude. And I was going Damn. through all my stuff because I want to tweet something where all my stuff is made from. And I don't think nothing, nothing I'm wearing is made in America. The shirt, but I'm, I looked at it, it's made in Korea. My pants are made in China. My, my socks and my underwear are made in Bangladesh. My shoes are made in Germany. It's going to be tough to wear all American stuff. It's almost, to Im- it's yeah. almost it's impossible. impossible, right? If you went through... I try to go America first, but I can't, bro. I'm going to go China first.
3: Hell no.
2: Can't do it. That's the David Letterman clip with Trump sitting next to him, and he goes, where are these ties made? Jesus. And then uh, they're made in China. Fucking all his shit's made in China. He's
1: That's saying, why I saw this meme. It had, um, it had uh, Donald Trump's coat made in Mexico, and then uh, the bottom it said, Mexico first or America first? Who knows? <laughs> True. Well, congratulations on the HBO thing. That's thank funny. you, man. HBO special, brother. Special. It's gonna be called.
2: Oh, you forgot? Translate this. Hell yeah, Doug. Love yeah, it. man. And yeah. Um, again, looks. I hope you're not mad at Claude for showing. Like, he I'm just, not mad. He was proud. I Like of, the feedback. He was proud of uh, how it looked. The backdrop looks beautiful. It really did. It was, the uh,
1: backdrop was a picture of my my um, my Mexican passport when I came into America. My my matriculo, that was the first step into getting legal residence in America. When I was a little boy. What's up, fool? What do you got
2: coming up next? you have any shows? I got this. I'm dying up here. We got the special coming out. I just turned in. I know you got a thing with ABC. I uh, got an ABC deal, and I just turned to my on man Monday. Thank you. So yeah, waiting to waiting here. I guess we should know. on. We're waiting this week, too. Hell
3: yeah. Dude. And
1: I think our Fluffy got another deal also, or... Or the the revamp of the old show he made. A different show, yeah. different
2: show. Hell yeah, dude. Fucking ABC cool, as well? Also, ABC, uh, ABC is going to be doing a Latino show and they're going to spin the wheel to see which yeah, Latino man. they actually are. <laughs> if, uh, if mine goes, you're in mine, and uh, yeah, say something good. If you ever need somebody to look for a smoothie... Uh, Hell yeah, bro. We need a third console. <laughs> all cons- right, who took might my it.
1: smoothie? We so need said. a third councilman. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, fool? What you got, Rodrigo? Nothing,
3: that's it, man. who do you get Yeah, yeah man? Uh, ben Gonzalez. Never
1: heard of him. No, exactly. I'm just kidding. It's all good. It's a stand-up. I, know, I know who that is. From the dude. Yeah, man.
2: From the Valley, right?
3: Uh, from West LA. Well, Santa Monica area, Culver City.
2: West, the Valley, Santa Monica. That's yeah, the other valley. thing with uh, AG... Because Saturday Night Live couldn't find, I talked to you. I, uh, yeah, I was they got as many people as I could for the showcase and started it. Frankie, um, we submitted names and, um, Rodrigo submitted too. Yep, thank you very much. And for SNL, SNL, before they put Melissa on, I heard that Rick Nahara was in charge of, uh, something like helping them with diversity, and then he wanted to get paid. And so I said, "That's ridiculous. I will do it for free." Closed indoors. Yeah,
3: indoors. Yeah. That's the guy with the totally.
2: guy. We have fucking Jeff Valdez, Rick Naher, and Scott Montoya running shit. We're in trouble. Yeah, so. especially the
3: one with the Kickstarter program. <laughs>
2: medical bills. Damn, clothing doors, man. I mean, the door were shut because Latinos wanted to get paid first. Yeah. Ugh. So anyway, I said, no problem. I got it. And I started getting them names, names, names. And then we did a small showcase with Jesus Trejo and Melissa and this kid, Vincent Caldera. Have you ever heard of him? Never. No, he's good. He's, um, and so he's about 20 years old. I told you when we were in the green room. At the San one asked for a root beer yeah, float? Yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah, hey, yeah. can I get you guys drinks? He goes, you have a uh, root beer floats? Yeah, he's so little, he has no idea. And then he was yeah. just for so um, we did that, and Melissa got put on, but we're going to try to do that on a regular basis is show everybody who all the Latino comics are because they're saying that there aren't any. That's crazy. So, I will show the demographics to HBO so they know. <laughs> they got something to
3: work with. Yeah.
2: What's up, so
1: fool? Also, check out the El Matador movie on ScreeningNow.com. Join Medina's movie that's the movie that launched the careers of nobody. <laughs> but everybody's there in it. Gabriel Iglesias, Rodrigo Torres, not in no, it. Benny there. Mena, Paul Rodriguez, oh, Brad, Brad Williams, other little people.
2: Uh, who else? Emilio Rivera. Emilio Rivera, Ale Raimundo. That's another guy who got his start at the Chichen Friends. Me, yeah. Joey Medina, Marilyn Martinez. That was it. And uh, he. Um, Joey keeps making shit. Joey's not going to be denied. Joey Medina, he just sent me a <laughs> this guy will not. That should be, be his denied. special. Eh? He will
1: not get denied. Eh? No, yeah. I think it's
2: the best. I love uh, just fuck keeping going and making as much as you can. He's producing movies and he's making stuff. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I, I like I like Joey Medina, but then again, I like everybody, right?
1: He do like vampire. Joey <laughs> doing vampire from East LA, bro. Yeah. <laughs> What's so full Thank you Al Madrigal oh, yeah. For Thank being a much, guest man. On the What's So Full podcast And for hooking us up For
2: this podcast thing And all yeah. things comedy man Yeah oh, yeah. yeah that's what I, was, I told you No Latinos are doing podcasts You gotta do one as soon as possible I know nobody bro.
3: Yeah
2: man Actually I was doing one In Las Vegas bro But What's that guy's name?
3: Um, Freddie Correa
1: Thanks for the invite Thanks for the invite It was losing weight huh? Yeah
3: yeah dude was, uh, Working out every day. Smoking half a cigarette now <laughs> Doesn't smoke, only bud.
1: What's up, fool?
0: Get ready for hard work, for high expectations, for high fives, for you've got this, for I did it, for you're hired. You've got it in you. Now let us bring it out of you. If you're as serious about your success as we are, bring it. Visit rmu.edu today. Robert Morris University. Get ready.